Hello and welcome to Craig's Thoughts on Learning podcast number three, Project Management. What's that all about then? I'm joined here in this podcast by Jane Brocci, who is one of my online peers for a Certificate in Web Content Creation and Management Programme, CWCCM for short, that Jane and I are undertaking courtesy of Onlinement. It's an online programme. It's about seven or eight weeks long. It involves individual work and group work. It's web-based activities, webinars, online forums, all taking place in Onlinement's virtual learning environment within their uh, Moodle platform. We're just at the end of week three now, and one of the activities that we've been asked to produce is um, a group-based piece of media. We were given the option of using video footage, text, images, but as I've got a particular interest at the moment in podcasting, we've decided that we're going to run a small podcast and the topic of our conversation is going to be in relation to a couple of questions that we've been asked in the programme that centre around project management. So Jane, if you want to sort of chip in now and introduce yourself. Hello, Craig. Uh, yes, my name is Jane Brocci, and um, my interest in this is because I work as a content author. I develop online learning, and uh, this was a great opportunity for me to take the course and work with people across Europe. So I'm very interested in the whole of the online learning field that we're working in but the project management aspect is something that is more and more a part of my work so this week has been an interesting one for me. You mentioned that you deliver on, uh, or develop online content, is that any sector specific or subject specific or is it? Uh, well for many years I worked with the Royal College of Nursing, I used to um, write distance learning for for their um, institute uh, but these days my online learning is uh, partly for people who are developing their own online learning so I'm, I'm working at the moment with some people in Australia with uh, my colleague who I also met on an online course um, and we're doing a course on reflective practice it's called reflect and connect so it's about networking online and re uh, reflection using online tools and the other on um, e-learning that i've been doing has been for uh, specialist nurses about patient education and support and patient participation um, but my main interest these days is in developing and designing for moodle so I'm training myself up in that area and um, part of my interest in taking a Moodle course is also in experiencing what it's like to be a learner in Moodle. <laughs> yeah, I, I must admit about a year or so ago I became aware of, in fact a little more than a year ago, I became aware of VLEs in general and Moodle. I was quite a late comer to the party and I undertook the Learning to Teach Online programme that Sheffield College deliver. Yes, I saw that, Craig, because I, I also worked with Sheffield College. I did the European Net Training course. Oh, yes, there. yes, yeah. I've seen that, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Did yeah. you work with Jan, Jan Leatherland? No, it wasn't there. The lady who took us on the lettle was it's very embarrassing now because this is going to be made live. I forget her name, but she was based in New South Wales, Australia, which really brought home to me about how these Web2 tools can be used for, for quite literally global collaboration to come out with some really good content. Yes, yes. Well, that's... I've been working with Australia. I seem to have this strange connection this year with Australia. Right. <laughs> um, I've uh, most of my work is with Australia at the moment. With I then went on to do the um, once I've actually sort of taken part in the learning to teach online program, which is completely within Moodle. I came away from that thinking, what a great tool, what a great idea. But I've only seen it from a learner's perspective, being one of the delegates on the programme. So I actually went back to Sheffield College and did the Getting to Grips with Moodle programme, mm. uh, which yeah. again was you know putting the shoe on the other foot, looking at it from the other angle. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I've done that one too. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so so we've, we've both got a bit of it. So uh, it sounds like we're both sort of developing with online collaborative platforms in mind, as well as traditional, um, you know, web one, web page type um areas in mind as well yes yes so the subject of project management then um, there's a number of elements within this uh, week three or unit three of the program and as I've put in one of the forum posts but obviously people who are listening to this won't have access to that I did sort of take a, a steep draw of breath when I realised that project management was going to be one of the areas that we were looking at and I've gone on to say in the forum that my reasons for that is because my experience of formal project management, I stress the word formal, has been within my current employer, which is part of the nuclear industry. And boy, do we love using a sledgehammer to crack a walnut. Uh, we've got very, 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 very complicated processes. Everyone, according to the letter of the law, has to stick with these processes, regardless of whether it's a, a project such as create a piece of e-learning or building a new nuclear plant or something like that. Um, and it's been really quite off-putting for someone who has had no formal experience of project management training. So that was what my impression was when I first realised that the PM project management was going to be part of the programme. What, what about yours, Jane? What was your reaction? Uh, well, for me, it, it's not a big deal, really. Uh, project management has always just been about getting the job done. Um, and when I've been working um, as a writer, it's usually there's usually been somebody who's a project manager who's basically there to pull the whole thing together, uh, make sure that everybody keeps to the timescales and that we get the product out on time. So I guess it's always been a part of my work since I've been freelancing. These days, though, I find that I'm much more in the position of uh, organising projects. I think because there's a lot more work nowadays that pulls teams together for a short period of time and then you move on and do something else. I'm finding myself more in the project management role of pulling it all together. Um, so... Yeah. To me, it doesn't have this big um, uh, overarching feeling that you're talking about because I guess I'm working outside of an organisation. It's really just about getting people together, getting them to communicate, getting the project specified and then doing it. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I'm on board with exactly what you say there. And 
it's only really when somebody formalised what project, you know, project management is all about. I actually sat back, looked at it, filtered all the all the buzzwords that they'd included, and actually thought, well, I've been doing that for years. I was 16 years in the military. I got to a fairly respectable position. So actually, you know, get, getting the best out of people, getting things done on time, in full, within the time scales, making sure that everyone's clear about what the expectations are, is actually just par for the course. The difficulty is, is when people then overcomplicate that process and make it, you know, extremely structured, and, and then that, and then that's that's why my recent experience has been a little off-putting. But I absolutely agree; it's it, it's a fairly, you know, it can be a fairly simple process to anybody that's managed to get people from A to B on time, in full. It, it's it's you know, it's a relatively simple simple process. I think the interesting thing these days, though, is, as we've been saying earlier on, is there's so much more international collaboration. We have to find new ways of project managing across time zones, across um, organizational boundaries, across country boundaries. And I think that's where the sort of tools of project management come in, um, that you can actually do all this online quite effectively. Um and that was why I wanted to, to try out the Huddle tool. Which, But there are lots of open source tools that are very similar. Yeah, I noticed that you've actually posted um, some 25 top open source project management tools just before we started the podcast. I've bookmarked those with the CW. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to put that one in because I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't want us just to focus on um, one that was a paid one. But yeah. I... There's, I started to look at those this afternoon. There's some interesting ones in there. The trouble is, as with all these things, is there's so much to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's like choosing wallpaper, I suppose. Oh, no. It's... But um, what I like about Huddle, and it's not the only one, obviously, I'm sure some of these open source ones are doing the same thing. But what it does is it brings together all those things that you need to make a project successful, which is... Um, it's got communication tools in there. It's got the calendar. It's got the the reminders that go into into everybody's emails. Um, it's got the ability to to have conversations on the whiteboard, and it's it's got everything there in that one space. So you can set up um, a workspace for one project, and everybody comes in there. And for me, I, I've usually got several projects on the go at the same time. Um, I could theoretically then have lots of different workspaces working from the dashboard. Um, and that's that's quite an appealing way to work for me rather than having it dispersed between, you know, Skype and yeah. email. And I mean, you could still use those things, but it's it's good to have it all in one place. So are you actually using Huddle operationally now for, for activities other than the, the, the CWCCM programme? I'm not. Um, we've been using a smart sheet, which um, is, I don't think, quite so good, which is why I wanted to try out the other one. But What's the, do you know, is that, is that smart? I'm just going to have a look for that online as, we, as we're talking, Jane. Is that smart sheet? Yeah, it's probably smartsheet.com, I should think. This is indeed smartsheet.com. I'm just going to, the reason I'm asking is what I'm going to do is I'm going to put anything that we refer to in the show notes and in the podcast. So actually anybody who's listening to this can... Um, yeah. Can obviously go and have a look for those themselves as well. So that's what you're using at the moment. Uh, I'm using that on one project, yeah. Or two projects, I think. And yeah. I'm finding that. 
Um, uh, it's okay. It's fairly limiting, but it's it, it it brings things all together in one place. But I use a lot of the Google apps as well. I think um, the just the collaborative tools that you can use are very useful. Um, Google Docs. The, the, the yeah, Google Docs. Calendar. Yeah. The calendar. Yeah. We're what at, about you? Are you using any of these? Unfortunately, not. No, I, I was. Um, I was getting, as you were sort of reeling off about how you know how agile they can be, how participative, how collaborative they can be. I'm sat here either grinning from ear to ear or grimacing from ear to ear. I'm not sure which it is because. Given the nature of the industry I'm in, um, we're extremely locked down with what tools we can use. In fact, some sites we just can't access, so we can't use them. So what we actually use within my organisation is we use the project management tool within SAP, within SAP. Um, I don't know, do you know anything about SAP? No, not a thing. SAP, uh, (laughs) lucky you is all I can say. Um, SAP, SAP, is a global process management tool it's meant to be the second largest um organizational management tool behind oracle and i think one owns the other so actually it's it's the biggest in the world it particularly lends itself towards um processing and manufacturing and so on and so forth and then it kind of then thought hang on we also need to offer other tools to other parts of the businesses so kind of cobbled things together and it's it's that unfortunate position you're in, whereas the organisation does have a project management tool. So you do, on paper, have to use it. The challenge of it is it's it's tortuous. The user interface is horrible. It's German by origin, so some of the translation doesn't quite actually come through very well. Um, and it's just a, it, it adds to the burden of planning a project anyway. So not only have you got enough on your hands to be doing, you've also got to try and figure out how on earth to use the tool itself, which is the same with any new piece of software, admittedly, but it does have a heck of a reputation. So that's the tool that we have to use, although because of the type of projects that I'm involved in, creating a piece of e-learning, putting together a VLE, so on and so forth, I just use the same sorts of tools that you're using um, or just the kind of, you know, back of a fag packet, if I dare say, Mm. type of tools because Mm. my interest is getting a project up, moving, the components falling into place and being delivered, not on actually trying to figure out how to use the the behemoth that is SAP. So I'm very Mm. jealous in many respects of the the, the freedom and the agility that you've got to uh, to experiment and use these uh, these up and coming tools. Yeah, well, as somebody who's not part of an organisation, I have got that freedom. And I, I, to be fair, I'm using Smartsheet with somebody else who is also an independent consultant. So we don't have those kinds of um, difficulties in in getting it past um, firewalls and so on. So I <laughs> I completely sympathise with your position. Um, I but when when we were talking about tools in the course, I wasn't quite sure whether. Um, we were talking about the the kind of big globe, um, project management tools that manage all of the projects or whether we're also looking at the the smaller tools which could be about problem solving and time management and communications and so on. I mean, there's, there's a way in which you could 
actually put together a package of all those different tools um, in one project. Um, you, you were mentioning in, in the forum, I think, about problem solving, and there are quite a few online tools that you're probably already using for problem solving. Do you use mind mapping, for instance? I, I personally use mind mapping, yes. Um, the organisation doesn't because it's a piece of software that would need installing. And it's. I suppose the argument is, is there's, there's never been anybody, or there's either never been enough people or never been anybody in such a senior position to actually ask for it to be able to get it installed. So I tend to bring in my own personal laptop, plug it into my mobile phone to get a 3G signal and then sit at my desk and do those types of activities outside of our, you know, within our physical geographical structure, but outside of our IT structure, just because the, the tools at my disposal are fairly limiting. I think what we've done here, though, is, is, I mean, you mentioned about you weren't sure about whether we were talking about big global project management type tools or smaller, more agile tools. And I actually think mm -hmm. that, fortunately, you and I talking, we are looking at, you know, we are discussing both ends of the spectrum here. Yes, I mean, I, I would use those kind of uh, what you call the small agile tools. I would use those anyway, what I, whatever project I was working on. Um, so those have become part of my work practice, really. Yes, yeah. And that's, and that, that's a really good practice to be in because, you, you know, the tool then becomes second nature, I suppose. And actually, if you're using it for, for your day-to-day -day activities, then you, you can turn your hand to it quite quickly. Mm, yes, that's right. Whereas if you're using a big tool like SAP and you're only going to use that functionality for XYZ big projects, then you face that, you know, the Ebbinghouse's forgetting curve creeps in very, very, very quickly, very, very regularly. Yes. And I think what you, you tend to do is you, you, you start to have this sort of repertoire of uh, a set of tools that you have for... Uh, I don't know, for creating timelines, for creating mind maps, for brainstorming or whatever. And you, you, you kind of have those in the back of your mind. And according to the needs of the project that you have, then you just think, oh, well, that would be useful here and that would be useful there. And you kind of put them together yes. as you go, don't you? You can almost lay, I suppose, if you've got that experience of using a wide, you know, a wide level of tools, a wide range of tools, you can, as you've said, you, you know automatically what tool will help you and what tool actually isn't in the, isn't the best fit for this this project that you're involved in or this part of the project. Yeah, as long as you don't rely on delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting over Twitter over the weekend there's been a lot of talk about what was this talk was about placing, you know, placing our information, placing our data, placing our work up in the cloud and relying on cloud-based activities. Yeah. And uh, my response was have a plan B and C. And D. That's right. Brackets, you get the idea. What I'm also doing though is um, I use my my portfolio, my e-portfolio, to to keep any uh, records of projects that I'm involved in, so that I've I've got I've got them there in a safe place. Yes. Um, that's something I've I've really only started doing within the last year or so, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, about if, you, if your data is only in one place, it, it doesn't exist. 
Yes. You know, you've got to have it in multiple places, and then you kind of think to yourself, well, this the whole this is meant to make life a little easier and a little smoother and a little smarter. If I'm saving things on my desktop and in my favourites and on Delicious and in Google, actually, why don't I just why don't I just forego the social element of it and stick it in my bookmarks on my PC and I know it's always going to be backed up then. But then you lose out on the, the social bookmarking, the social networking side of it as well. <laughs> yes, you can, you can spend a half of your life uh, copying it into different places. Backing up, yeah, just in case. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, for me, the, the e-portfolio is the best best way to do it because then I can start to to put it together and have it as some record that is useful for me to reflect on and to use yes. so that that's kind of the second level for me is there any particular e-portfolio that you use to manage that um I use pebble pad now I've heard I've heard pebble pad mentioned um I wasn't expect I don't know what I was expecting to say but when you said pebble pad it, it's triggered something and it's possibly in a podcast, I imagine, I've, I've heard it mentioned. I'm just going to stick that um, in the text chat as well so I can call it up on the, on the show notes. Um, is there any particular reason you went towards that and, and against another, or did you weighed up a few options and that came out on top? Um, yeah, Pebble Pad, um, I, I, have, I have to declare my interest here because I'm actually working with Pebble Pad at the moment. Right. But the reason I'm working with Pebble Pad was because I had an um, I found it a really great tool to begin with. So I I, I um, went to a conference and as a result of that, I'm working with PebblePad to write a book about the principles of effective learning in PebblePad. So um, I have an interest. Um, PebblePad, I really like because I was able to, I, I did my alt, my CMALT um, portfolio in pebble pad and it's just a really easy tool to use and you get a great result very quickly so i was able to concentrate on the content uh knowing that the result was going to look good yeah. and what i like about the the they call it the web folio is you get these different layers of learning um that you can see you can have the narrative going through and then you can link out to all your assets and um so you can kind of dig deeper into it but it, it it looks good. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to use. But also what is good about Pebble Pad, I, I'm now beginning to understand, is that it's more of a personal learning space than just a portfolio. So it's also a place you can take in your um, evidence from a project, for instance, if you've had a meeting or you've done some work you can do some reflection on that put it into your portfolio and then you can look back at it later reflect on it and pull it together in different ways for different audiences so I, I, I think it's PebblePad offers me different ways of working with some of the assets that I'm bringing together from the projects does it have a collaborative element to it? Yeah, yeah. So you could you can build a um, you can give permissions so that you can work collaboratively on um, a a blog or a web folio. Right. Yeah, and it it has this gateways as well, which means that you can publish it out to 
um, your tutor or your mentor or whoever you're working with. So it's it's a yeah, it's a very interesting system. I'm pleased you brought this up because I'm I'm considering um, actually undertaking the CMOT myself. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you know from yourself, somebody that has done it, and you know what one of the tools that they use to bring that together. I well, that's definitely a good way of going about it i think i've I've also used mahara which i think is is good but it's very different i think it just serves a very different kind of purpose um but uh obviously mahara is open source and pebble pad isn't yeah yeah one of the challenges of of actually undertaking the cmod is i don't know if I, i my actual role has enough scope and depth to actually produce the evidence i i keep saying i kind of think we've hit our ceiling with click next self-paced e-learning um you know that was almost the second coming to my organization so actually trying to get some real something real juicy together to, to produce as evidence and to work towards um could be the challenge uh, which is unfortunate oh i i mean i've i had a quick look at your blog and things that you've been doing i think you've got plenty of evidence craig i'm sure you could I'd be happy to talk with you about it off offline yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to take you up on that offer if I may, Jane. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, do. My understanding from the CMALT site is, and, and talking to people who are learning technologists, it does seem that they are in, primarily the people I talk to are in education sectors, mm. therefore have the perhaps greater freedom to use VLEs and use collaborative platforms and really make best use of the Web 2 tools that are out there, mm. and which makes me think, well, am I going to come up, you know, not for, not for want of desire, but for want of, um, of for, for boundaries and parameters, am I going to perhaps come a little unstuck? So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you have that, that sort of perspective, and I, I certainly hope to take this, you know, offline perhaps, Jane, and have a talk to you in the future about that. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I'd be happy to help. I'm just looking back over our actual objectives that we needed to come out with, and we had to talk about what do we believe are the key principles of effective project management, and what yeah. and practices do you use in your organisations. I think the fact on how do they compare, I think we've made a really good stab at the different tools and practices, and certainly how they compare between you know the, the tool that I have to use and the tool that you're able to use. Um, what do you think we've done at the, the key principles of effective project management? We talked about them at the beginning, but do we need to go back and stress those again? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, let's try and keep it simple, shall we? I think the um, principles of effective practice, which are probably the principles of effective working in any shape or form, are clear objectives, realistic timescales, uh, the ability to compromise, find solutions, work with other people. Um, you need to take into account the needs of the stakeholders. Um, you need to plan and monitor work in progress. And um, produce good quality work. Those are my key principles. What about you? I'm not going to be lazy and say ditto, um, but what I am, and, and perhaps this is wrapped up in one of the areas that you, you've talked about there, because I realise you just, you know, you were just bullet pointing, you know, as they came off the top of your head. But within my organisation, um, 
In fact, now let, let me let me look, perhaps it's a little unfair. Certainly after leaving the military, I found that accountability is something that I'm struggling to understand how it works within the civil sector, um, and it's something that I've, I've had some you know some quite serious problems with is the fact that despite people telling you that they'll deliver this on this date, despite confirming that you'll have this delivered on this date, inevitably this date comes around and that isn't delivered. Um, so for me, I'm going to type into text chat about uh, accountability. And I'm not sure, if, uh, yeah, is it a principle? Is it a, is it a, is it a, a characteristic of, of project team members? Um, but, but from a personal experience, that is something that I would want. If I was project managing something now, I'd want to be absolutely critical, you know, crystal clear about where you know that people need to take accountability for their own actions or lack of their actions. Mm. I think that's where I quite liked that management tool that you had in Huddle, which was where you assigned tasks because it, it's very clear then that if somebody hasn't completed their task then it's hard for the for the project to go forward yeah. and um, if you've actually got a, a deadline for that task and it's clearly written into the project management workspace then it it then makes that accountability more transparent yes yeah there's, there's no hiding place as such yeah and it's it also makes it very clear that if you don't do your bit, then other people aren't going to be able to do theirs. And I think that's that's what's so important about the project management. Yeah, work. You know, the whole thing working. Falling. It's a, it's a jigsaw puzzle. I mean, it's a really childish, but it's a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? And if you don't if you don't contribute your pieces, then um, it's not going to come together very. Well. It's not going to look very good at the end. Yeah. It, it's funny because I think things have changed over the years because I've been freelancing for many years now. And when I when I first worked as a writer, I found um, it was quite it felt quite linear to me. I basically was given a brief. I'd write my bit and then I'd hand it over to the design team. They'd do their work and um then it would be handed over to the publishing team and they'd do their work and so on. So it was obviously, you know, I had to get my bit done on time, otherwise everybody else was going to be put out. But these days I think everybody is working much more in parallel and so that whole thing about everybody pulling their weight at the right time becomes much more important because everything has to be done so quickly that if you don't actually meet your deadlines, then you're you're really putting the whole project at risk. Yeah, and obviously it's further stress and strain and pressure on on the other on the project members that are you know that are ahead of or the project members next in line to take your work on. It's it's more yeah, time, isn't it in an everyday yeah. world. There's also for you, I would imagine as well as the whole risk management area, um, particularly in the industry that you're working in. Yes. That has to be managed quite closely. That's that's something that doesn't really enter my mind very much when I'm working. But it, in in the kind of projects, I suppose that uh, you're involved in, that must be an important aspect. We do. We have a particular form that I am. I'm touching my dining table at the moment because it's made of wood. I've never had to fill in, and it's a control of security environment. Control of security environmental and implications 
Um, and essentially, it's it's a swathe of ev- of almost every single possible scenario that could could not might might not should should not happen if you go ahead with your project. But for every area, from security to environmental, from natural disasters to man-made, and and the form in itself is renowned. You know, the, the form can take six months from <laughs> inputting to it being peer-reviewed and actually written off. And that's the start of your project. That gives you the go-ahead to go ahead with it. So, um, yeah, it's a really slow-moving process. Mm. Fortunately, the things that I do don't, I'm saying this a little tongue-in-cheek, and I hope certain people don't listen to this, don't necessarily have those same implications as knocking a building down or putting a new building up or knocking two walls together or putting a wall up or something like that. But, um, yeah, I've managed to stay off the radar for so long. I'm not sure how much longer that will last now, but I've managed to stay off their radar for so long. (laughs) Very, very risk-averse, very, very safety-conscious and absolutely, unreservedly, you know, justifiably so. Um, But that risk-averseness and that paranoia does bleed over into areas where it genuinely really isn't needed but we have a big hand small map approach uh, as I think I've mentioned in the forum so unfortunately Mm. everything is tied with the same um, paranoid risk averse brush and and, Mm. it's not um, it's not adapted to when it suits unfortunately I suppose though in the context of what we're talking about on this course um, project management is is likely to be more about how you manage content that's being put onto a website, and that's going to be a lot more about managing small teams for quick projects, um, meeting deadlines for different clients, that kind of thing. So, yeah. the kind of project management that that's that's going to involve is is. It's very much about this pulling teams together quickly, getting people to understand their roles, assigning tasks, checking that people are able to meet the deadlines, um, having discussion areas um, and monitoring the quality. So it's it's a process that is being... It's very much a part of everybody's work, but I guess the project management label just kind of gives it a structure. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, every single day, we, we the pair of us must undertake or be involved in a, in a project of some sort, whether it's an hour long or it's it's the day long. You know, it's, it's, it's business as usual, really, isn't it? But as you've said, you, you know, you put the project management, you put project management title on it, and it inherits or could inherit certain, you know, certain things that you, you perhaps wouldn't have even realise that you were doing. You know, you just did them subconsciously. Mm, mm. And maybe it does come back to the accountability issue that you were raising as well. It means that there are certain people who are responsible for things happening. Um, and if they don't, then you know who to come back to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a demonstrable line back to whoever's, you know, causing the uh, causing the problem, delaying the project, or, or you know, putting the project at risk. Yes. 
or you know to put it more positively you can also see the the way in which um, teams can work together creatively and get things done quickly and I think this is what's just so amazing these days with online working is that you can put these things together so quickly I mean the course that I'm I've just finished um, facilitating we we designed that course as a as a project within a within a an online course last January. We piloted it in April and then we got sponsorship for it and ran it in October. Um, now, something like that, a course designed f from start to finish a few years ago, if I'd been doing that with an organisation, that would have probably been a year's project just to get it up and running. Yeah. But now, the, because we've got so many incredibly powerful tools like Moodle and many, many other authoring tools. You can just get things running so quickly. Yeah. But I, I guess perhaps that also means that we do need to have these project management ideas so that we're really creating products that are good quality and meeting the needs of the organisations that we're working with. We're not just doing them because you can. Yes. I suppose it provides, it's a little bit of a handbrake, I suppose, in the fact that we can be so fluent and agile and, and fast in what and how we communicate and collaborate nowadays. It, it does, it, I suppose it stops us getting carried away with ourselves and provides that structure to make sure that, yeah, we're still fast and we're still efficient, but we're making sure that we're covering all the bases. Mm, mm. And, and we're, we're doing things for a reason. I suppose it just comes back to that all-important thing, is, which is what, what's your purpose and actually using the right tools to meet your purpose. Yes, yeah. You know, the, the right tool for the right job and don't use mm. it just because it's there. Mm. Um, do you think we've covered off the key principles of effective project management? We've got a good list there and a good conversation surrounding them. Well, if if you feel you've got enough, that's fine. Yep. Right with that. Um, just in closing, then, Jenny, is there anything else that you want to add in relation to to either the program or of the the project management element of it? Um, well, I I suppose the the problem with this is it's a very open ended area. Well, it may be a problem or it may be a, a good thing, but uh, you could be talking about so many different things we could go into a whole new discussion about how you build teams the kind of exercises and tools that you can use to build teams there are all those management tools SWOT analyses and Gantt charts and all of this sort of stuff they're all relevant but I think what we've been talking about is is basically how you get a team together working and how you get a good product at the end of it. So for me, that's that's the important part. You've been listening to Craig Taylor. You can find me online at craigtaylor1974.wordpress.com or on Twitter at craigtaylor74. Jane, where can we find you online? My current website is www.crystalclearwriting.co.uk and my Twitter handle is pen and ink. Jane, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Craig.